Hello everyone, I'm Spencer Dove, your Dungeon Master, and I want to just make a quick few announcements before we start this episode. Uh, the first being, I want to apologize for the sound quality of this episode. Unfortunately, my sister could not figure out how to use her uh, audio equipment. So, in this case, she decided to use a headset mic, and unfortunately that picked up my voice, and so there might be a slight echo on me sometimes, or maybe some feedback. I promise this is the only episode this is going to happen. She has figured out how to use the sound equipment now, and and this is just a one-time problem. Another announcement, I forgot to ask Rosie of what her character looks like, so I'll just make a short description right here. Uh, her character's name is Shay, and she's a petite, slender dragonborn with blue-tinted skin. She has a long burn scar down the left side of her back, and she has short white hair, so that way it's easy to be taken care of. Anywho's, so I am ready when you are, dude. Um, I was just checking if things were working. <laughs> anyway. Hello. Sup? Welcome to my domain. Oh no! This is my world now. You're in the hot seat, Rose. So how are you doing? Good, I'm doing great. <laughs> Dope. Uh, out of curiosity, uh, what's your hit points at? Eight. Damn, you're squishy. Apparently. That says hit point maximum? How the hell do I only have eight? I mean, you're level one and you're a sorcerer. Oh, duh. I am the background. I'm gonna check that, though, just to be sure that it should be eight. Because Kathy's a druid, and hers is ten, at least. Yeah, what? I don't want to be that squishy. Six plus her constitution modifier. That's my constitution modifier. Two. Yep, I'm a I'm a squish ball. <laughs> Great. You might die. I hate you. Uh well, get ready, player one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dungeons and Dubs, the first 5e Dungeons and Dragons podcast to be run by a bunch of birds. I'm here joined by Rosemary Meeks, who's playing Shade the Dragonborn Sorcerer. So, Rosie, could you describe the orphanage that your character grew up in? Okay. Well, our village is up in the mountains because we're dragonborn, and with our, I guess, our ways of life, we like to be closer to the sky. And the orphanage is on the far side of the village. And it's kind of small, really worn down. And there's only like a handful of us, like maybe eight, ten kids that live there. And then we have one person that's in charge of us. Okay, uh, let's start this session out with your orphanage doing your chores. Because it's a big house, you have to do your part of taking care of the house. Uh, one of your fellow orphans is doing windows with you, and you hear the doorbell ring and footsteps walk in. And that's always an exciting uh, sound for an orphanage that might mean someone's looking to adopt. Hey. Everyone drops their things and runs to the door, and you see a tall, old dragonborn. He's fairly old. He's not... 80 or anything in human years like but like he's kind of getting there he's like maybe 60 years old and he has uh, a, a lady with him also she's much younger than the dragonborn that you can tell uh she looks like she's maybe in her early to mid 30s she's wearing this light blue gown uh you notice when she walks in she's also wearing these large circular glasses and she has long blonde hair, blonde hair uh, that reaches to her midsection of her back. She's carrying a notebook and a quill, frantically writing things down and following Dr. Klombuck wherever he goes. Also, that's what's fairly noticed about her is that she has this silver necklace with a gold chain that has this blue and green gemstone in the middle of it. 
and he's talking to your uh, guardian, and she she looks at him very questioningly. Um, you you can't quite hear what he's saying. Uh, you could make a check if you want to try to hear what he's saying. Sure, let's try to hear what he's saying. Make me a investigation check. No, perception check. Yeah, this would be a perception, perception. check. So you roll a d20, add your wisdom modifier to that roll, and that'll give me your number. Uh, I rolled a 10, and my perception is 10. No, no, not passive perception. Your wisdom modifier. Oh, that's zero, so just ten. Okay. You can't... Uh, you can kind of hear that he's looking for someone that had unique abilities. And, like, this is a kind of an odd questions to Dragonborns, because, like, they all have unique abilities. They, they breathe elements. And they're, like, whispering, and she's, like, looking back at the kids. He's, like, looking at the kids, and then they're going back to whispering. And she's just, like, whatever. Do Go ahead and look around. I can't promise you anything. But if you don't find what you're looking for, please consider at least to still adopt. These are still kids without a family. Yeah. He walks over to the eight of you. Yeah, he's, he's looking at you guys very quizzically. And the lady that he came in with follows behind him. And he she whispers something in his ear. And then she pulls out this little, uh, this little ball. A little tiny ball, like enough to fit into the palm of your hand. And he grabs it. And he gives it to one of the orphans and tells him something, and then he takes it back. And next thing you know, you guys are just passing this little, like, marble thing, and it gets to you. And when you're holding this marble, uh, this green-tinted smoke starts to swirl inside of it until it fills the whole marble. And his eyes open wide. And he takes the marble back, puts it in his uh, coat pocket, and he says... Hello, my name is Brendorm Klumbok. I study the arts of magics, and I came here looking for someone uh, that maybe had a magical presence inside of them. And this, this little marble I gave you basically tells me just that. And... I don't know if you've known this, but I believe that you might be a sorcerer. Puppy! And the lady comes up to him. Yes, Dr. Klumbach? Um, I think I have found what I'm looking for. Could you fill out the paperwork under my name? And he, and he also gives her a letter with a sim, uh, seal on it. Um, he says, go ahead and use that. That should take care of everything. I'm getting adopted. I'm getting adopted. He he gets down on your level. He gets on one knee. Because this is, you're like fairly young when this happens, right? Yeah, I'm probably like six. I am a professor at a, a school where we teach and study sorcery. Because it's such an unnatural thing for uh, a being like yourself or human elf to be born naturally with weird magical powers within them and we call them sorcerers i came looking for another sorcerer because it's possible that they could be an orphan or whatnot and what we want to do is educate you how to use your powers eventually you can help us to expand our knowledge Via the magics itself and the arcane arts. And he gets up and he holds his hand out. Do you take it? Mm, wait, what's in his hand again? Nothing. He just is asking for your hand. Oh, then yeah. And you're adopted. Yay! I'm adopted. I'm adopted. Huzzah! Fast forward to past the adoption phase. They bring you to your new home. It's a large stone castle, and this castle has three towers that touch the clouds, and they're in a triangular formation. This castle is also, however, on a small island that's in the middle of a large lake. There are three bridges on each side of the castle that connects from the island to the outside of the lake. As you walk in, you enter a large lobby area. Everything's made of stone. There's hung paintings and a large carpet on the floor and you notice 
multiple different races, not just Dragonborn. You see some Dragonborn, yes, but you also see humans and tieflings and elves. They're all here to learn magic and study it and to discover more. There are also not just sorcerers here. There's druids even, some wizards and warlocks. They quickly take you into another room where there's a few other, uh, what you can assume, high-ranking wizards and arcanists. They give you a quick rundown of the rules and the regulations of this area. Some of them being you cannot make a deal with a otherworldly patron without the supervision of three high-ranking arcanists as witness. Another one is you cannot use the magic you learn to take in a life unless under certain circumstances. Another one was you cannot sell your research or give it away to a party of any sort. This research is strictly made to benefit the world. This, the college does not take sides to anyone in a war, and it does not participate in politics. This is considered neutral ground where no one dares to attack. Also, no one wants to protect because, however, yes, this is a college full of nerds, how to say, but these are nerds with magical powers and have studied their life for strong magics. And the last rule that really sticks out to you is no magic that may be considered dark or evil. Any violation of these rules could lead to being discharged and or killed and all your research possibly being destroyed and erased so no one can then follow up of what you have learned. It all depends on the, uh, the rules you break. Once you agree to these rules and you hear what they have to say, they give you new robes. It's these long black robes with golden threads woven throughout it. And it has these even larger golden stripes that goes on the outside of the robe. This is basic attire from, for the uh, people who go to this institution. And on this robe is also the signia of the Arcanist College. It's a picture of a wizard's hat along with an owl carrying it. The owl signifies knowledge and gathering it, while the hat is the magic. They take you to your room, which is up the East Tower, and it's a decent room. It's not enormous, but it is a room to yourself, which is different from when you lived in that orphanage. You shared rooms with all the other orphans, but this one you have a room to call your, your own. As a small desk and some parchment and uh, quills. Dr. Klombach, however, lives in the West Tower where all of the other high ranking arcanists uh, have their rooms. Of course, this place also has the other necessities of lobbies, cafeterias, and courtyards. This place also, however, has a large garden where a lot of the arcanists use to study uh, nature growth and uh, they have a greenhouse. You also noticed that there's guards to this place. They have long spears and they have uh, armor on them. And they're just there to make sure that no sketchy individuals can get in, uh, making sure that knowledge isn't abused in any sort of way. Because it, in the past, they've had, had uh, cities of power try to infiltrate the institution to get the upper edge on other countries. Gotcha. And you've been studying with Dr. Klombach for... Many years now, you're like, how old would you be when uh, you your journey starts? Yes, so I am uh, 27. 27, okay. So you've been working with Dr. Klombach for a few years now, and what you guys have been researching um, is, of course, the arcane arts, but also you guys are trying to find out a way to get energy without wasting it because when you use magic most of your energy from you is concentrated in the spell but there is leaks so to speak uh where magic will travel off to there's no way to use 100 percent of the energy you put out um unfortunately it always leaks and so what you guys have been studying is a way to study magic itself but somehow get a, a pure vessel of magic and see if you can try to cheat, so to speak, through the rules of magics. And Poppy is still with you guys. Later find out that she's Dr. Klombach's assistant 
and she basically just keeps everything that he studies, does in a journal, uh, multiple journals now, it's like three journals, and she always uh, keeps watch of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you're 27, um, you notice that uh, Dr. Klumbach is getting tired. He He's not enjoying himself so much. He's not getting anywhere with his research. It's been many years, and he's getting up there in age. So he was like 60 when he adopted you, and now he's 80. He's really old. He he thinks he might die soon, because Dragonborn don't usually live that yeah, long. Yeah, because they have about the same lifespan as humans, right? Uh, I think less. They might be less than humans. Like Humans, I believe, in this uh, game live to like 100 or something. And Dragonborn usually live up to 80. Oh, so he's like on his deathbed. Yeah, like, he knows he's going to die soon, and he's like ready to give you all the information you need to continue this research. Uh-huh. But like, he's not on his deathbed yet. He's still kicking quite well. He has a cane, um, a little hunch in his back, but he's still bright, very smart. Sounds good. Uh, he then makes a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. You guys were studying this flower that produces light. It takes, it, it does take energy for this flower to produce light, but he was trying to absorb the light that this thing gives up. But instead, you guys discovered something else. Instead of absorbing the light that this flower produced, you absorb the light that it got from the world and the future light that it was going to give. And you guys, for the first time, had a, a bottle of pure energy pure magic and it is radiant magic specifically radiant radiant it's a type of magic oh and dr Klumbach is amazed and astounded like oh my god finally i can now do something with my research before i die <laughs> just need to become a botanist <laughs> Shay, meet me tomorrow morning in my office. I have one more step to do to finalize our research. <gasps> so exciting. Do you just turn in after he tells tells you that, like, go to bed? Nah, I think I'm going to stay up and kind of creep around the house. Can I do a stealth check to see if he's in his office? Uh, Yeah. So roll a d20. Are you proficiency in stealth? Oh, I don't have a stealth proficiency. So you just roll your d20 and add your dexterity modifier. Oh, it was an 8. So that's 9. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. Uh, no. He, he sees you like kind of trying to sneak around the corner looking at it. And he's like, Shay, is that you? Hi. Oh, hello, my daughter. Uh, what can I do for? I thought you were going to go to bed. Uh, I couldn't sleep. I was just so excited about our great, our, our newest discovery. Let me describe the room. Uh, the room that his office, it has a large desk, and it's very messy. It's very, very messy. Um, Papers everywhere, things stuck to the walls, books strewn everywhere. And he gets up. And he walks over to the window, and he's like, I know, it's it's astounding that, unfortunately, we weren't able to figure out how to get infinite life, uh, energy. But this is the first step. Once now we have this pure energy, maybe we can find out more about magic, and maybe we can find an unlimited supply of it. And then the possibilities are endless of what we can do. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Can I use a deception check to try to sneak one of the scrolls? Um, or would that be a stealth? That would probably be stealth, unless you could make an argument why it would be deception. Let's use a persuasion check to convince him to give me one of the scrolls to study to help him further the research. Okay. So, roll your d20, add your charisma bonus, I think? 
Yeah, persuasion, charisma bonus, and if you're proficient in it, proficiency bonus. Okay, so I am proficient in it, which is two, and then my charisma bonus is three, so I'm at 16. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, I'm not done writing in them quite yet, but, I mean, you were there. And he rolls up the three scroll, uh, two of them. Uh, he doesn't want to give you all the work. He's like, these two, uh, this one is just about the experiment we did, and this is the one, um, explaining how we did it. Um, so if you want to go ahead and read those, maybe finish them up, that'd be great. Uh, oh, you could probably give one to Poppy, she would be happy to finish one of those out. Poppy! And Poppy walks in. And he actually takes one of the scrolls that he was going to give you. He's like, go ahead and fill this out. This is about the, uh, the experiment we did. Um, you just need to write down of, uh, just a description of how it looked and of the bottle of energy, um, and other properties of it. And she takes it and she says, uh, thank you, doctor. Yeah, I'll finish these right up. Uh, is there anything would you like me to do? Yes, I would like you, uh, to come by later tonight. We have, um, I want to try this experiment again. But on a different plant, um, perhaps maybe not one that purchases light, but maybe one that has like a, a poison toxicity to it and see what type of energy we can get out of this one. And Poppy's like, yes, yes, sir. And she go he- go heads and leaves. I'm going to go follow Poppy. Okay. Uh, do you want to do this sneakily or are you just you're just going to straight up follow her? <laughs> uh, I'm a straight up follower. Okay. Uh, yeah, she, uh, walks over to the front of the building. Not in the front, but, like, in the main area. And there's a few desks laid out. It's kind of like a library, and she sits down at one of the desks and starts writing in the scroll, and she notices, she's like, oh, hi, Shay. Isn't it getting a little, little late? Oh, you have one of the scrolls. Your, uh, Dr. Kalmbug uh, wanted you to fill out one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to compare notes with you, Poppy. Notes? Uh, it, is he making you write down the same thing or something? Just want to make sure I'm writing it in the correct fashion. Oh, okay, okay. She she describes you of how to put the information in the scroll in the uh, in the right way format, um, like the magic scientist way, but like science is not a thing, so it's kind of. Uh, I guess we finished writing up our scrolls, and I think I'll turn in for the night. Okay. You go to bed. It was a peaceful night. It's not like you have any nightmares or anyone woke you up. You do kind of do wake up in the middle of the night. Just awake, and you just can't go back to sleep. Okay. Um, let's go to the kitchen to get a hot cup of tea so I can try to go back to sleep. Okay, you go downstairs, um, down from the tower and into the main area, and behind the main area where the bookshelves are and the desks, you walk into the dining room, and then there's the kitchen. Yeah, you make you make some tea. There's no skill checks in tea. It's not that hard. You boil water, put some tea leaves. Yeah. Do you just go back upstairs then after you chug your tea? Um. Well, since we are looking into botanics and like we are and we do make elixirs, I imagine we have a greenhouse, right? Yeah, that's outside in the back. Yeah, let's go outside. As you walk uh, towards the main area, you notice uh, on the other side of the main area from where not your bedroom is, but the other side, uh, Dr. Klombach's office uh, door is open. Um, Do you continue to the greenhouse? And the light's on. There's still lights on. The light's on? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's just go check. Yeah, you walk into the the office, and things are kind of everywhere. Like, yeah, it was a mess before, but, like, things are everywhere this time. There's some paper on the floor, and there's a weird blank space behind the desk. You, you swear there was something there, but you can't quite remember what was there. Um, other than that, yeah, there's... Uh, let's, let's do a little investigation then, shall we? All right, roll investigation and add your intelligence. Um, seven. I suck at this. <laughs> you feel around and you don't f- find anything per se. 
but you do remember there was uh there Dr. Klombach kept um one of his drawers locked. Um and when you look back there, the drawer is wide open. There's nothing in it but a uh but a, a scroll. Yeah, let's read a scroll. Uh you open it up and it has a map. It has a map of um south of uh your your tower. Uh it shows a bunch of forests, a few mountains, and a town in the center of it, and it's circled in red ink. And the wall uh, where behind the desk slides open, and you see a painting behind that. Like it go, it's a hallway, and you see a painting leaned against the wall, which must have been what what was there before um, it was moved. And you see a little light that goes down uh, down this narrow stairway, and you see a light at the end of it. All right, so let's go. You just go right in. Do you do the stealthily, or are you just kind of walking? No, we're going. Oh, you're going. going. Man. You're like rushing in or walking? Nah, uh, uh, I'm strolling. Okay, you're strolling. Okay, okay. <laughs> you're kind of walking down. You're kind of uh, meandering, maybe. Uh, yeah, you kind of meander. No, you don't meander. You, you stroll down there, and the light gets brighter, and there's a open door uh, at the end of it. Do you walk in? Stealth check to peek in. For yeah, sixteen. That'll do it. Uh, you 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 sneakily walk up to the edge of the door and you look in, and you see another library. This library isn't huge. There's maybe like four small bookshelves that uh, that goes up to your um, your stomach. You see another. Not a desk, but a like a a counter of some sort with a few elixirs and doohickeys that you don't quite recognize or you haven't seen Dr. Klombuck use them. Speaking of Dr. Klombuck, you do see him there. His back is turned and you see everything is also a mess on the floor, scattered, not organized. And he looks like he might be in pain. What do I do? Ooh, ooh. Can I do detect magic to see what he's working on? Uh, Can you read me the uh, thing that says for detect magic? Yeah. For the duration, uh, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. If you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic. And you uh, you can also learn the school of magic, if any. Okay. Um, you, you feel... You do feel magic. It's a, one you felt before, and it kind of matches the, the experiments you and Dr. Klamath have been working on. Um, which has been evocation, which is harnessing power of the elements, and transmutation, which is changing energy and matter. But you also f- feel a necromancy and a little bit of enchantment. Okay, can I use minor illusion? Um... It can create a sound or image of an object within range. If sound, it can range from a whisper to a scream. It can be someone or someone else's voice or any sound like an object or animal. Alright, what are you thinking of doing with that? So I'm thinking of using the minor illusion for some investigative purposes. So, such as pretending to send in Poppy... To see what the professor is up to, or if she can help in any way. Because if she's worked for him for as long as I think he, she has, then she probably knows what's going on. Okay. So, there's no die roll, but do I need to do, like, a check or anything to use it? Yeah, make a, yeah, make a, like a uh, deception, check. deception check. Okay, and that's a d20, right? 
Yep, D20 plus your charisma. Oh, son of a bitch. Alright, so roll to one. Uh, deception. That's a critical fail. Yeah. Well, I get. So that means you don't add anything to it. Oh, it's just a one. That sucks. Yeah. Um. So you you conjure up this illusion of Poppy walking in, and he looks over his shoulder, and for a second, uh, what's the word? Haunted by the image he saw. But then he comes back to his senses, and he says, "No, no, 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 no." Shay, are you here? Hi, Dad. What's up? Uh, I saw your light was on. He turns back around uh, with his back facing you. I don't want to be in trouble. You're you're not you're not in trouble at all, my dear. You're you're not. It's I. I thought I'd close that door, but it's fine. You can come in. It. You notice his voice sounds different. It's not breathy as it usually is. He sounds invigorated. What did you do, dude? Do you walk in, though? Yeah. You see a bit more of the bigger picture. You see Poppy on the floor. But she doesn't look like Poppy. She looks almost drained of all of her life. And Dr. Klombach turns around and he looks at you. And he's young. He's not 80 years old. He killed Poppy! He's mid-twenties. I was going to tell you about this because I have committed a crime. Yeah, no shit, dude. The Magic Council will be notified of this almost immediately because they have sensory magic to detect when life has passed to see if they've created some terribleness and they have died from it. Since Poppy, well, I took her life, as you could probably assume, so I could live on and study more. And he walks close to you and he says, My daughter, I... I can continue studying with you, and I can I can you continue bitch. this. this. Slapping. Uh, make a make a attack roll. Attack roll. Uh, is it still d twenty? Yeah, it's still a d twenty. Okay. Roll eleven. Uh, roll a d four. That's the pyramid looking thing. <laughs> One. Uh, yeah, you only do one damage. But, like, it's a stinging slap. Stinging of humiliation, bitch. And he backs away from you. I thought you'd understand. No! You killed Mom! He stops for a second. And as if that slap had brought him to his senses, he realizes what he has done. Poppy. I killed Poppy. Yeah. No shit, Sherlock. What have I done? You're a murderer. I was gonna die peacefully, and now I have committed a horrible murder. Murder! And he looks around frantically, and he's like, the magic candle's gonna be here soon. And they're gonna think you're involved. You have to get away from here, but you cannot follow me. And he packs up a few things in a in a bag. And he's grabbing some books, grabbing some scrolls. And he breaks his desk open. And inside of it, he grabs a few more things. And he gives you a bag of stuff. I'm so sorry for what I've done, but you need to get out of here. There's a map in, uh, in my desk on the top... Uh, uh, in my actual office. I have to go and do a few other things. I need to get out of here, and so do you. And then he casts um, Black Mist. And you can't see. It's pure black in here. And then it's gone. And so is he. Son of a biscuit. What do you do? Um. 
I take Poppy's body and I run from the house. Okay. Uh, you take Poppy's body and you, you start to go upstairs and the office um, door is closed and hear a loud knocking on it. Doctor! We know you're in there! Open the door! Uh... No, um... I don't want you. Um... <laughs> oh, I'm stuck! But I just want to bury her, because I'm sad. And she's dead. Okay, tell you what. Um... I'm going to open the door and use a persuasion check um, to persuade them to my plight that I found her that way. Okay. And then I needed help. Roll a d uh, d20. Six. Plus my proficiency. Two plus three. Uh, I guess that brings me to 11. That's enough. You open the door and you see three angry uh, sorcerers and they look at you and they look at the body and they're like, what the heck happened? Where's Where's Dr. Klumbach? I don't know. He's disappeared and I found Poppy lifeless and I'm so depressed. Help. Uh, they run past you and they see the, the hidden door in the back of the office. They're like, we must ch uh, check out this area and find out what he's been up to. You stay here, Shay. We have a few questions for you. And they go downstairs. Do you stay there? Uh, nope. I take her and I go out to the greenhouse in the back. Okay. You, you run outside and you get to the greenhouse, which is behind the tower, and... No one's there. It's it's night out. Um, you can kind of see where you're going. Um, and you get to the door of the greenhouse and you open it. What do you do from here? So in the greenhouse, Poppy has her own little uh, flowers in the back right corner. And over there, she has her own little field of poppies. And so I take her back there and I lie here in the poppies. And... I pray for her soul because, you know, her life was taken from her before her time. Uh, yeah, you, you, you lay Poppy down, but you gotta get going. Yep, gotta go. Alright, so, grab my stuff, um, can I search for anything in the greenhouse I can take with me? Make a, uh, I guess, probably another perception check to see what you can oh, find. Die, come back. Oh, no. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve? Um, yeah, you, you see some, uh, flowers and plants that, uh, would be useful to you, um... You see a a poison spitting plant, um, which you remember you and the uh, doctor used that to gather some poison to study it and learn about antidotes and all that other stuff. Um, you see a the flower that gives off light. You see, of course, the field of poppy. Ooh, um, ooh, take the flower that and... gives off light. Okay, where do you put that? In the greenhouse, there are vials on a shelf. Um, and it's, it's not a big plant, is it? It's just a small flower. Oh yeah, it's small. Okay, so I'm going to grab one of the like medium sized vials and I put the plant in the vial and into the sack that the perfect or the doctor gave me. Okay. You open the sack and you can't see the bottom. It's just dark. <gasps> it's an infinity sack. And you, you put the plant in, and your whole hand went in. Infinity sack. You have a bag of holding, and it holds. 
you you pull out your hand and it comes out with a message on the back and it's encrypted and you can't quite read it though so i'll keep that out for the moment um i will grab another vial to get some venom from the poisonous plant in case i run into something and i can poison them okay will that be it uh no so poppy has a necklace around her neck and i'm gonna take that with me don't know what it is but do you wear poppy's necklace yes. and do you take off then yeah i think i i got what i need well can i take the light flower out yeah you can take the light flower out and like use it as like a lantern yeah let's do that you you start running towards the bridge and you notice the um the magic council they can't find anything and they notice you're gone and um they're looking around um you you just get away you get to the bridge and you're running across the bridge and they see you running across the bridge and they yell come back here and one of them casts firebolt at you and it does five damage to you and this firebolt hits you right into the back it has left a scar from the left side of your back and these are from your colleagues your friends and now they have marked you as the enemy you can't come back here not ever Hello everyone, I'm Spencer Dove, your Dungeon Master, but also everyone's favorite little brother. I hope you're enjoying Shay's backstory, the scorned arcanist. She's being played by my younger, older sister, Rosemary Meeks. I'm sorry that this one was a little more on the somber side than the last one, but I promise we still have time for the goofs. Special thanks to both my sisters, Rosie and Kathy, for making the logo you see right there. Rosie designed it and Kathy d digitized it. Shout out to Toby Fox for letting us use his music for the interlude of this, well, interlude. And shout out to Big Giant Circles for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. You should go check out their music on their Bandcamp. Their links will be in the description, description below. Trust me, they have a lot more great music than what we've chose. Special thanks to my father for shouting us out on his Twitch stream every time our theme song plays. If you're into Minecraft, you should check out his Twitch stream. The link will, his link will also be in the description. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Doves. I'll be posting most of the podcast updates there, if not all of the updates. Remember, if you shout us out on Twitter or leave a comment on whatever podcasting platform you're using, I might use your name or a name you choose somewhere in the episode. And if I don't, well, I still might shout you out on this here interlude. Don't be afraid to tell your friends about us. I don't think we're that embarrassing. Speaking of which, don't be afraid to give us feedback on D&D &D rules, DMing, or sound editing. We're all new to this, and any tip will be helpful. I realize that I forgot to mention our posting schedule. For these four backstory episodes, they'll be posted every Saturday around noon central time. But after the four backstory episodes, then we'll go to every other weekend around noon. I'm sorry for posting this one a little late, but the next one that'll be posted will still be this coming weekend later this week. I want to apologize again for the sound quality of this episode. I promise this will be the only one. Uh, we have everything figured out on the rec uh, recording equipment, and it all should work better now. One last time, you should follow us on Twitter, or leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you have. And I will talk to you later. What do you do from here once you cross the bridge? Um, follow the directions to get to the next village over. Okay. You you follow the directions to get to the uh, next village over, and you've made some uh, space in between you and the college you just left behind. You've been traveling for a while now. Um, make a perception check for me real quick. Okay. 
Uh. Ooh, 20. Ooh. You see everything. Oh, hot damn. You notice that Dr. Klombuck has been here before. Because what you see just just fo- that tracks what you and him has been studying. You notice a few trees withered and you see some dead plants on the floor and they're the poison plants that uh, that were in the greenhouse. And they look like they've also been sucked with all their life. Well, looks like he's been doing this for a while. And you look in front of you and then there's this blob. This dark green blob. Rolling for initiative. Okay, initiative. Um. Um. What? Wh- you roll with your d20. Yeah. And then add your initiative. Uh, so 17 plus 1, 18. This, uh, the poison slime is what this is. Roll the two. What do you do? I say let's use chill touch on the slam ball. Uh, you're gonna do what to the slam ball? Chill touch. Chill touch. That's a cantrip, yes. correct? Okay. How many spells do you know? Like, how many spells do you have memorized? Uh, I have Mage Hand, Chill Touch, Thunder Wave, Breath Weapon, Detect Magic Minor Illusion, and Friends. Friendship is magic. And for damage, since I'm level one, that's 1d8. Oh, 1d8 has a zero? That's bullshit. Or no, that's... That's something else. That's something else. Uh, okay, found it. Okay, got some chill touch to figure out. It's necrotic. You do chill touch. What does that do? Okay, so chill touch. You create a ghostly skeletal hand in the space of a creature within range. Make a ranged spell attack against the creature to assail it with the chill of the grave. On hit, it can't regain hit points until the start of your next turn. If the target is undead, also has disadvantage on attack rolls against you until the end of your next turn. Alright, and it's a 1d8 for level 1. Oh, wow. And I rolled a 1. Well, you have to roll an attack roll first. Oh, shoot. Right. Uh, that's a 20? Okay. D20. Um, do I get any help with that? So your proficiency bonus plus your charisma modifier. Okay. So two. that's plus five, so 11. 11. Yes, that does hit. And now you roll damage. Still rolled one. All right, you do one damage. This <laughs> slime looks, it looks like a chilled cola drink. All right, uh, it's its turn, right? Yeah, and it's going to walk up to you and try to hit you. Does a nine hit your armor class? Uh, my armor class is 11, so no. So no. It goes back to your turn. Great, okay. Uh Let's see. All right, I'm at a ten. What's its armor class? Do I hit? Um, ten. Yeah, that hits. His ar- uh, I can't tell you what his stats are, but yeah, it does hit. Uh, roll for damage again. You're using chill touch again, right? Um, question: Is my breath weapon considered a spell? No, that's a totally separate thing. That's only 
unique to your race. Okay. But you could only use it once per uh, in, uh, per long rest. Okay. Well, I imagine once I get to there, I will rest. Okay, great. Let's do that. Uh, breath weapon, level one, one uh, 2d6. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, you just roll 2d6, and then they have to pass a certain check to see if it does all the damage. And if they pass it, it does only half. But if they fail it, they it, they get all of it. Yep. Okay. So it hits them no matter what. All right, so six plus five, so 11. All right. Uh, slime has to make a what type of check? A uh, dexterity save throw. This is not his strong suit. Yeah, he's a slime But ball. he rolls a 20. Okay, so they only take half the damage. And you do you round up or down? I imagine you round down. Six damage? Okay. This guy is... Not doing too hot. He he he's very bloody. Oh, he is bloodied. He, he he he's very much bloody. He is close to death. Um, but he's gonna he's trying to go. He's gonna hit you one more time before he dies. And oh geez, drop the dice. Does a eight hit you? No, I have eleven armor class. All right, so your turn again. All right, let's go back to chill touch. Alright, 7 plus 5, that's 12. And then I need my 1d8. 2. And you murder this thing. Yeah! What do I get? Um, well, something happens when you kill this thing. Uh Uh-oh. You hit it with your last chilled touch, and it it gets really cold. It almost looks like it's going to freeze over, but then it stops freezing, and instead it melts and this weird gas radiates away from it. Make Uh, a constitution check. Constitution. Uh, So I do have proficiency in constitution. Uh, Yeah, so you add your proficiency bonus. Okay, so four, five, six. Oh, two. So six. Uh, that's not gonna work. What's gonna happen to me? Take, uh, three poison damage. That's, that sucks. You're probably not doing so good. That was some, uh, some, uh, rancid poison that you just inhaled. But you lived. And you you killed the slime and it, it, it dissolved. So I guess I'm I'm guessing you're gonna continue the path. Yep, continuing along the path. You don't you don't see uh, any more slimes uh, along the way. Uh, you actually don't see any dead plants either. And you get through this this forest finally. And you see this wide open meadow. And it's almost sunrise. You've been up most of the night. And you see the next town. Continue. Alright, you march on forward. And you get this this strong smell of farm. Like a lot of manure. Which I'm guessing you're probably not used to. And uh, you hear mooing and animals. Um, The wind is rustling the grass. It's fairly tall grass. It goes up to your knees. And you see some flowers. You notice um, there's a few men walking your way Uh from the village. And they're walking to you. Uh Uh-oh. Hi, the... They don't look... They don't look... They don't look like they're going to kill you or anything. Hide the flower. They're, they're, like, Hide the checking flower. You out. Hide the flower. Put it away. Alright, you put the flower back in your sack. And you, you hear, like, I swear, Jim, I saw a light. There's someone out there, or something. Bill, you're just being all crazy. Ain't no one out there. Ain't no one has ever come to this village in years. Only people who ever come here now are tradesmen, and those those come from the road. Why would anyone come from the forest? We stay away from there. 
And Jim, uh, Jim replies, I know, Bill, but I swear something was out there. Jim, you, you might, you might not be, uh, lying, but I suggest we rather not want to find out. Bill, you're right. Let's go back. And they walk away. Uh, I guess we go and follow them a good distance away, but to the village. And you get to the entrance of the village, and there's a couple guards out in front, and they they see you and they say, Halt! Say your business. Um. Persuasion check. Uh, you're going to tell me what you're, you're doing, though. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to use a persuasion check to convince them that they don't need to know my business. I'm just a... A traveler and just going through. You're just so you're just gonna try to convince him, like, oh, I'm just a traveler. Uh, I I'm just here to visit, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, roll a d20. Okay, I did. Uh, I got sixteen plus charisma, which is three, and yeah, proficiency. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll yeah. do it. Okay, great. You basically tell I'm a traveler, like, up, oh, say no more, go right ahead, and Aye. they let you through. Ah, and. Fabulous. One of them uh, tells the other guy, wait, wasn't that? And he's like, ah, just leave it, let, let it be. The mayor will do something about it. Oh, they don't like dragonborns, do they? The game is afoot, Sherlock. I mean, Watson. Because Sherlock's the one who says that. Um, alright. You, yeah, yeah, you walk into town, and you made it. Hooray! You're in the next town over. And you walk up to uh, a building that says Mother Goose Inn. It's Mother Goose's Inn. And do you walk in? Yeah. You walk in, and there's this nice uh, elven lady at the counter. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, It's a bit, uh, it, I guess, it's morning now. It's... uh. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just so scared but I didn't expect to see anyone this late or early. It's that kind of awkward time. Um, how can I help you? Um, let's ask her if she has a room that I can have. Uh yeah, I I have a I have a room. Um, of course it's not going to be free. You do have coin, right? Yes. How much is it? It's going to cost uh what's the total money you have? Uh, I have 105 gold pieces. 105? Jesus! I know. I'm a rich bitch. Um, she says it's gonna cost about 50 silver for, uh, a few nights. Oh, uh, two copper pieces! <laughs> Sorry. Um, how currency... <laughs> I literally watched that not too long ago, too. <laughs> <laughs> One copper piece. Copper piece. How about two, two copper pieces? pieces. <laughs> um, I'm down for that. Okay, so that brings... You said it was 50 silver pieces? Yeah, 50 silver pieces for a few uh, few nights. Okay, so that brings me down to 104 gold pieces and 50 silver pieces. Um, she, she was like, okay... Uh, What's your name? Sorry, I, I I didn't ask. Sup, I'm Shay. Shay? Oh, that's, that name sounds familiar. I don't know why. Um, and you're Dragonborn. That's very uncommon. We don't see very many Dragonborns here. Um, but here's your room. Your room's right here. And she takes you to your room. And it's a, a single bedroom. Um, not large, but it's also not, like, cramped. It has a bed... Um, a little table along the wall where you could write a letter if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, some stationery. It has a, a drawer right next to the bed and a lamp. She's like, this is your room. Um, I'm sorry, the view's not much. It just looks on uh, onto another farm. We're just surrounded by farms. Um, is there anything else you would like to, uh, that you need or uh, want to know about? Um, I want to know what's the deal with the mayor. The mayor? The, the guards at uh, the gate had mentioned something along the lines of that the mayor would know what to do or would do something about me traveling into town. I suggest you see the mayor 
t uh, when you get up uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's rather if you see him rather than he sees you first. I, I shall take on this quest. After I sleep for like 20 hours. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's all you do for the day. Mm, yeah. Okay. Time to pass out. You pass out. <laughs>